Welcome to the C3 Church Podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. We're going to look at Acts chapter 16. I really believe God wants to do miracles tonight in your life and my life. I'm very honored to be here. I'm from Las Vegas, Nevada, and um, it's the desert. And so I'm glad to be here where there's a little humidity and a beautiful ocean. Uh, Sydney is one of the greatest cities on planet earth and so you're blessed that you live in God's backyard amen and on the eighth day God moved to Australia I don't know if that's in the Bible but I I kind of think it is honored to be here my wife is with me uh, we've been married now almost seven years and uh, Shannon uh, I'm so blessed that she gets to travel with me everywhere we go and uh, she's my best friend and seven years later, she still hasn't hit me or tried to kill me or she hasn't thrown any pots and pans at me. So I'm blessed and we're doing good. Uh, but she's absolutely uh, the strength of my life. And so we're just honored to be here today. Acts chapter 16, verse 25. I promise I won't keep you long. Um, we're going to read through verse 31. I think it might even come up on the screen for you. Around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. And the other prisoners were listening. Suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. All the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Notice that, every prisoner. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed... And if you just, if you, if you uh, graffiti your Bible, I encourage you to do that. You could even put right there, it was a spirit of fear. Something gripped him. He assumed the worst. Fear always assumes the worst. Faith always assumes the best. He assumed the prisoners had escaped, so he drew his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for the lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now please, please pay attention to verse 31 because this is not a promise just to this man. This is a new covenant, new creation promise for every child of God in this room. Verse 31, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with everyone in your household. Come on, that's a great promise right there. Everyone in your house. Everyone in your house. All right, let's look now. Exodus chapter 16, verse 31. This will come up. We'll read together. So the Israelites called the food manna. It was white like coriander seed, and it tasted like wafers. And the Israelites called the food manna. Called the food manna. Uh, one more time, just for our hearing, this is Acts 16, verse 28. But Paul shouted to him, stop. Don't kill yourself. We are all here. Stop. Don't kill yourself. We are all here. We are all here. Uh, you might feel like you're in a dark season. You might feel like you're in a midnight hour. You might feel like you're in a prison. Uh, but I want to preach to you from this subject today. It's better than you think. It's better 
than you think. Uh, I know this is kind of very American of me, but could you find a neighbor, preferably a stranger, so it's really awkward? And uh, look at them, smile real big, and say, it's better than you think. Come on, tell them that right now. It's better (laughs) than you think. It's better than you think. Father, now would you come and send the Holy Spirit to illuminate the Word of God. Holy Spirit, do what you love to do. Reveal Jesus. For we know that when we see you, we will become like you, going from glory to glory. So do that now. Reveal your Son, I pray, in a supernatural way. Father, I thank you today that it is better than we think. In Jesus' name, come on, everybody said amen. Thank you so much. Uh, The 19th century writer Charles Dickens said in the tale of two cities, it was the best of times. It was, you're very smart in Sydney. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Uh, I believe that this statement is so popular, uh, not because we remember a lot of 19th century English literature, but I believe it's so popular because it's so true. I think we've all experienced that moment, a best of times, worst of times moment. Uh, Good things are happening and trials are happening. There are things to rejoice about and yet there are things that I need to trust God for. I find myself kind of in a contradiction, kind of in a paradox. I mean, there, there's there's too much good things to, to complain about, and yet uh, there's some things going on that I really need God to do in my life. So I find myself in kind of an uncomfortable place, kind of uh, a, a contradictory place, kind of a place that I don't really like, but uh, it's the best of times, and it's the worst of times. There's a place in America, it's called the Four Corners. It's where four of our states connect, and you can put uh, one foot in New Mexico, and you can put another foot in Arizona, you can put one hand in Utah, and you can put one hand in Colorado, and simultaneously you are four places at once. You know, I think sometimes we live there. Man, it's, it's the best of times. God's moving. Miracles are happening. Reinhard Bonnke is at my church, but I came to the wrong service, and there was a 14-year-old preaching at the Sunday night. It's the best. That made me laugh. I'm 29, but I know I look 14, so forgive me. It's the best of times, but man, it's the worst of times. I need a miracle here. I I need something here. Uh, Man, and I find myself in an uncomfortable place. I would like to submit to you tonight uh, that's actually the plan of God. Rick Warren says he doesn't really believe that there are mountaintops and valley lows. Uh, As much as there is, life is a two-directional street. And on one side, there's forward momentum. There's miracles. There's blessing. God is moving. God is providing. God is healing. Good things are happening. And yet, on the other side of the road, there's negative momentum. There's attacks. And there's things that we need to trust God for. And and there's there's things that we need miracles. And and we need different things from God. And, And I would say that's actually... The plan of God. That's why we find the Apostle Paul and Silas praying 
and singing hymns to God. There's, there's a part of me that is trusting God and there's a part of me that's praising God. There's a part of me that's saying, oh God, I need you right now. And yet there's a part of me that's saying, thank you, Lord, for everything you've done. And I would just say right now, that is actually the greatest place you can be because I believe that it sets us free from an attitude of someday. Well, one day, you know, God's going to do something and one day... and. Friend, I don't know if you've lived long enough to know this, but if you keep waiting for the mountaintop, you're going to keep waiting. Sometimes you just have to uh, make a camp on the side of the mountain and just say, you know what? I'm not exactly where I want to be, but thank God I'm not where I deserve to be. So I'm just going to worship right here. I'm just going to praise right here. It's not perfect, but it's better than I think. It also sets us free from the good old days mentality. Some of you are living in the good old days. Well, back in 1987. Listen, if you really think about the good old days, they weren't that good. Come on, somebody. They weren't that good. But we, we end up either living in our past or living in our future, never experiencing one of the greatest names of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. So we're either praising for the past or we're thinking about the future, not realizing that Jesus wants to do something right now, right here, that I'm actually in the good old days, that these are actually the best days of my life, that this is actually the greatest season of my life because Jesus is with me. And I would rather be with Jesus right now than be without Jesus in my past or in my future. Come on, somebody. See, if we get too caught up on either one, we'll lose our praise. We'll lose our faith and we'll lose our ability to worship. But whenever we can just look and say, you know what? God is here right now. And I'm going to worship him right here, right now. That is where your greatest miracle and your greatest breakthrough will come. We find the Apostle Paul and Silas. They are in the best of times. I mean, they're healing the sick, they're raising the dead, they're casting out devils. All kinds of incredible things are happening. They've just started a ministry Instagram account and uh, Facebook account. It even has more followers than Reinhard Bonnke. I mean, it's unbelievable. And they're just pumped. they got a new website going. I mean, it's unreal. And they're just like, man, what is going to happen next? I mean, we're like in the favor of God. Incredible things are happening. They wake up one morning. They think, man, more people are going to get saved today. More people are going to get healed today. This is a great day. We've been doing all the right things. We've been obeying God. We've been trusting Him. We're, we're, we're not in disobedience, man. We're walking with Jesus. And, man, they wake up one day. They begin to do miracles. And they get thrown in prison. <laughs> I don't know if you've been there. <laughs> You're doing everything right, but something wrong happens. Uh, one plus one all of a sudden equals three. It, it's, the, it's the mystery factor of life. I've sowed the right seed. I'm honoring my spouse. I'm, I'm plugged in to my church. I'm, I'm doing what I feel is the right thing to do. I'm serving God. I'm being faithful to the house. And yet an unexpected storm comes they were doing the right things they were in the right place they were at the right time and yet they end up in prison and friend all of us will experience these kind of seasons in our life 
the mystery season. The, God, I, I thought I was doing the right thing. Why did this end up happening? But this is the place where your faith roots can grow the deepest. This is the place where your praise can become the purest. This is the place where if you can win in that season, you will never walk away from God. Because you see a side of Jesus that you would not see any other place. This is why the Apostle Paul writes in Romans chapter 5, rejoice in trials. Notice he didn't say rejoice for trials. Come on, somebody. He didn't say thank God for the sickness. Thank God you lost your job. Thank God your husband's acting crazy. Or thank God your kids are walking away from the Lord. He doesn't say rejoice for the trial. He says rejoice in the trial. There's something about a worship that comes out of you in a dark season. There's something about faith that rises up in you when you feel like all of hell is against you. There's something about praising God, listen to me, for nothing. Oh man, that just is awesome. It's a Jehoshaphat kind of praise. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Children of Israel, Judah is completely surrounded by the enemy. And God says, you will not fight this battle. You will praise your way out of this battle. Think about him. He wakes up one morning. The enemies of God are surrounding them. His name is Jehoshaphat. Come on, that's already a bad day. And God says, put down your sword. Put down your shield. You're going to worship me. And things are going to change in your life. And then God tells him what to say. You will go and you will say the Lord is good. Not the circumstance. Circumstance isn't good. The enemy's not good. I'm not that good. But God is good. Let me tell you why God does miracles in praise and worship. Because no one else gets the credit but him. And you have to look at your life sometimes and just say, God's good. The Lord is good. I'm not, I'm not pumped about this situation, but God is good. I wasn't expecting this storm, but God is good. I didn't know I was going to end up in prison this morning, but God is good. I didn't know that attack of the enemy was going to come, but God is good. God is good. God is good. And my confession will be the Lord is good and his mercy endureth forever. And I don't know when the breakthrough is going to come, but while I'm waiting, I'm going to praise. And what happened? The Bible says that the enemy turned in on itself in confusion. Your praise confuses the enemy. It confuses the enemy when you smile and you should be crying. When you clap and you should be stressed out. When you come to church and you don't want to come to church, but you come to church because you're faithful to the house of God. When you read your Bible when you don't want to read your Bible. When you rejoice when you don't want to rejoice. When you praise and you don't want to praise. That is the place that the enemy just kind of scratches his head and goes, what? You come into church singing, shouting, clapping, going crazy on God's great dance floor. And your friend looks at you and goes, why are you so happy? Did your husband get saved? No. Did you get that new car? No. 
Did you get a new house? No. Did you get a raise? No, I actually lost my job. So why are you praising? I'm, 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 I'm kind of praising for nothing. It's called faith. It's called, I, I, I don't live by what I see. I live by faith. And, and, and this praise that I'm giving God is actually a praise on credit. Because God is a debtor to no man. So I'm going to thank him in advance, even though I haven't seen it yet. I haven't felt it yet. I haven't experienced it yet. But I'm going to praise him now, believing that he will respond to his people. Come on, somebody. Give him a shout right now. Hey. Paul and Silas get thrown in prison and they have a decision to make. Am I going to complain or am I going to worship? Am I going to panic? Am I going to praise? Silas, I think, probably looked over at his elder Paul and said, okay, what are we going to do? You cast the devil out of that girl. You got us into this mess. What do we do next? And I think Paul probably started looking around. They would have been shackled with chains. They would have also had wood blocks. So their feet couldn't move. Their legs couldn't move. Their arms couldn't move. Nothing could move. And I think the Apostle Paul probably looked over at Silas and said, Well, it's a good thing the power of life and death isn't in our feet. Because we can't move them. It's not in our legs, thank God, because we can't move our legs right now. It's not in our hands, we can't move our hands right now. But uh, the Roman government made a huge mistake. They forgot to bind the thing that can move mountains. They forgot to cover up our mouth that can literally shake the heavens and the earth. And Paul says, we're going to worship. It is a praise you feel paralyzed. And you know what? I feel like there's people in here, you feel paralyzed. You don't feel like there's any movement. You don't feel like God, like you're getting a breakthrough and you just feel paralyzed. But I want to say this, as long as you can open up your mouth, as long as there is breath in your lungs, you are that close to a breakthrough and you are that close to a miracle. They begin to worship. And that day they did not have an incredible drummer or bass player and this awesome band and this screen that is just heavenly. On that day, as the chains began to fall, the chains became instruments. The wood blocks became instruments. And I just have this suspicion that even the angels of God begin to fill that prison and begin to worship with them. Because you never worship alone. And as they begin to praise God, I love this. The Bible says the other prisoners were listening. Friend, your atmosphere has ears. And your atmosphere will respond to the praise of God. Your atmosphere will respond to the name of Jesus. Things that don't have ears will listen to your voice. Oh, you don't believe me. Jesus would talk to wind. He would talk to water. He would talk to trees. And he said, if you don't worship me, that's okay. Even these rocks that do not have vocal cords, they'll start singing my praises. And friend, when we began to worship and when we began to declare the word of God, things began to change. When you say, 
What God has said, God will do what you say. Oh, that was a tweet and a half, baby. I got to say that again. When you say what God has said, God will do what you say. Your atmosphere will respond. You know, all of us kids, there's five kids in my family. We all walked away from God. We all had a crazy lifestyle at one point. But I believe that my parents just filled our house with so much of the presence of God. Our chains didn't stand a chance. I mean, there was scripture everywhere. If you sat on the toilet, there was a scripture. If you took a shower, there was a scripture. If you opened the fridge, there was a scripture on front of the fridge and in the fridge. The Bible was everywhere. So much so, my mom got so radical at one point, we would go lay in bed and there would be scripture on our ceiling. And I think the enemy just got tired of trying to put chains on us. There was such an atmosphere of faith. There was so much of the word of God that the enemy couldn't stand a chance. And I want to tell you something, no matter what season you're in, if you can open your mouth and if you can declare the word of God and the promises of God, I promise you things will change. Hallelujah. Every prisoner was set free. Please notice this, not just the praisers, but anyone who is just in the proximity of the praise. That's why it's so important to come to church. Because there's going to be times that you don't want to come and you don't want to worship. And here's what I suggest. Get as close to Dan Karatz as you can. His dance moves are inspiring. But one time I tried to do them and I pulled out my back. I'm still believing for a healing. Okay, so find a worshiper. Find the person that makes you uncomfortable. Come on, somebody. The crazy intercessor lady. Y'all know who she is. Every church has one. And you're in a bad mood. You got a bad report. You know you need a miracle. And you just get around that person. They begin to worship. And you just get in the atmosphere of faith. You just get around the praise of God. And I promise you, praise is contagious. Miracles come in clusters as the people of God begin to worship and begin to sing. And before you know it, you come in with a bad attitude. Your arms are crossed. You're, you're negative and, and, and you're angry. But before you know it, all of a sudden, your foot kind of starts tapping and you kind of start moving and a smile comes upon your face. And before you know it, your hands are up and you're worshiping and, and things are changing. And even though nothing on the outside has changed yet, Something more important has happened. Your inside has changed. See, praise does much more than change circumstance. It changes you. And what is going on on the inside is way more important than anything that goes on on the outside. Every prisoner set free and the guard walks in. He thinks they've all escaped. So he draws his sword. Now, why would he do this? He did this because in those days, if the prisoner that you were over escaped, you were now sentenced to their sentence. So if you had a murder or there was a death sentence, you would now receive that. But this man on that night wouldn't have just lost one prisoner. He would have lost dozens. So he had a fear that the Roman government wouldn't have just come after him they would have come after his family. So he thinks to himself, maybe if I kill myself, 
I can spare my family. See, he had the right motive. But you can be sincerely wrong. And a spirit of fear can jump on you and cause you to do something that though you have the right heart will bring destruction not only to you but to your family. He pulls out his sword. He's about to end his life. And the Apostle Paul declares three supernatural words to him. Three prophetic words to him. I'm going to speak them over you tonight. And the first thing that the Apostle Paul does is he says, stop. If you're taking notes, write that down. Stop. It's not very deep, but it's all I got. I'm an American. Not all movement promises forward momentum. See, we love to move. We love to do things. We love, and sometimes the best thing we can do is stop. See, if your job is going to give you a raise, but it's going to take you out of the house of God, maybe you need to stop. Before you take a job in another city, you need to stop and hear from the Lord. Before you make a move, stop. And if you ever feel rushed to make a move, I would submit to you it's probably not God. Because the enemy wants to rush you into movement that does not bring you into fulfillment. And the best thing you can do when making a decision is just go, you know what? I'm going to stop. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to hear from God. I'm going to go to my Apostle Paul. I'm going to go to my pastors and I'm going to get some wisdom before I make a decision. I just want to speak over someone. Maybe you're trying to decide something. I would just say, stop. If you're engaged and you don't feel right about that person, listen, there's something way worse than being single. It's marrying the wrong person. Stop. Before you make, if if there isn't peace about the business deal, stop. If you don't feel right about moving that location, stop. There's something about hearing from God. Please understand that as believers, we have the Holy Spirit advantage. We don't have to walk blindly through life just making decisions. We have the ability to be still and know that He is God, to hear from God. My sheep hear my voice and the voice of a stranger they will not follow. Friend, you are blessed to be saved, not only because you get to go to heaven one day, but because you have the good shepherd. You have Jesus as Lord of your life, and He will lead you and He will guide you. And I just want to speak over every person before you move. Stop. See, if this man would have moved, he would have ended his life. And salvation would not have come to his home. Stop. Number two, don't kill yourself. (laughs) Simple. Your translation might say, don't harm yourself. If you're thinking about a divorce, just wait a minute. Don't harm yourself. If you're thinking about that person at the office and you're, you're thinking about connecting with them and, and, and maybe you're starting to flirt a little bit and adultery is kind of the next step, listen, don't harm yourself. Don't go down that road. Don't make a decision that's going to detour your destiny. Don't harm yourself. Don't, don't make a move until you hear from the Lord. See, this man walks in just past midnight. Now, the rabbis would say in Jewish culture, 
that between midnight and 3 a.m. was called the third watch of the night. And they would call this the darkest point of the day. They believed this was the time when hexes were pronounced and psychics would be activated and uh, all kinds of evil would happen. They would, they would say, do not go out in the third watch of the night. They said it was the darkest moment of the day. See, this man walks in to what he thinks is the darkest moment of his life. But he was actually walking in to a miracle. And you go, Jabin, it's dark. I feel like all of hell is against me. Don't give up. You have come too far to quit now. God did not deliver you from Egypt so you could die in the wilderness. Don't harm yourself. Don't stop. I know it seems dark and I know you can't see and I know it's confusing right now, but listen to me. I promise you it's better than you think. So the people of Israel want bread. And they're complaining. We want carbs. We want carbs. This paleo diet is not cutting it. So God speaks to Moses. Okay, tell the people, tomorrow morning, you're getting bread. And every Mexican rejoiced, tortillas in the morning. <laughs> the Germans celebrated. We're getting pretzels in the morning. There was even some Aussies there who said, okay, well now we can finally make meat pies. Hallelujah, bread is coming. They wake up the next morning. And they look on the ground. Hey, Moses, 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 manna. Pastor Phil, you did an illustrated sermon. You wrote a piece of bread, but you drew a piece of bread, but manna. Hey, Aaron, manna. Manna means in Hebrew, what is it? God promised them bread, but they could not recognize that they were surrounded by the miraculous. Because many times, what you think is going to be the fulfillment of the promise does not look like the fulfillment of the promise. And let me tell you why. Because even in the fulfillment of the promise, God wants you to use faith. See, they were expecting pieces of bread. God gave them what looked like seed. And then God says this. You will use your daily amount but don't store it. Because tomorrow morning when you wake up, there will be fresh bread on the ground. See, they thought they were getting a piece of bread. God wanted to give them seed that would multiply. He wanted to teach them that every day when you wake up, I will be there. Every morning when you rise, I will beat you to it. I will be your provider and your sustainer and I will provide for you today and I will provide for you tomorrow and if I provided for you yesterday I'm going to provide for you today I'm going to teach you something so much greater than a one time miracle I want to be your bread I want to be your manna I don't want to be a one time encounter I want to be a daily relationship so Jesus walks in in John chapter 6 and says I am the bread that came down from heaven. 
And many times God begins to move and we cannot recognize it. And we go up to God and say, Mama! And He goes, trust me. Worship me. Believe me. It's better than you think. This man walked into the greatest miracle of his life. Didn't even know it. I think maybe I'm just young enough and audacious enough to believe that you might have walked into C3 tonight and walked into your greatest miracle. I know it feels dark. I know it feels cold. I know you're going, wow. Uh, it's better than you think. Number three. We are all here. We're all here. This man walked in and he thought he was alone but he was actually surrounded by the right people. Can I speak to every guest if you're in this room? Uh, we're all here. This is the right place for you. <laughs> These are the right pastors for you. This is the right church for you. Yo, Javen, I feel all alone. I feel like I'm in a dark season. I don't see anything. I, I feel like everyone's left me. No, no, no. God brought you here tonight. We are all here. Maybe this is, maybe you've been coming a little bit, uh, you know, a week here, a week there. You've been kind of checking it out. Listen, stop checking it out and get planted. We are all here. This man had the right relationships around him, and he didn't recognize it at first. And I just want to say, this is the right place. But not only that, his whole family was about to get saved. I know it's been wild. Maybe it's been dark. Maybe you feel like you've been at the edge of your life and you're about to give up. I just want to say something. The sun is about to rise. A new day has begun. And the miracle is bigger than just for you. It's for your family. And maybe, just maybe, everything that you've experienced has actually been a setup for God to be glorified. For people to look at your life and go, oh my God, if, if he could do it for her. Woo, boy. I think there's hope for me. Wow, wow, if he could save him, there's, there's hope for me. Wow, if God could do something there, man, there's, there's hope for me. Maybe you feel like the Apostle Paul. You go, Jabin, I've been doing everything right. But I've been in a prison. But it was actually to bring you to a place where you could reach someone that you would have never reached any other way. See, within moments of this conversation, this man's family would be saved. With moments, within moments of this conversation, the Apostle Paul would be supernaturally acquitted and set free. And they would both experience the miraculous power of God. Maybe we're just moments away from an incredible move of God in our life. I believe it for you today. I believe it for every one of you from the front to the back, left to the right, this preacher included. I'm believing for miracles in my life. And I just want to say over you today, stop. Don't harm yourself. We are all here. It is better than you think in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God a big shout of praise right now. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Podcast. 
visit us online at myc3church.net. Join us next time for more great teaching.